basically transitioning from a subject matter expert to a manager is, is very difficult because you do want to do everything yourself. Learning how to delegate is something that I personally have to learn. What I learned was I was not ready. Um, but what I also learned was I would outwork any problem. But let's start with millennials. What, what should people know in the workplace about millennials? I really hate this question. <laughs> You're listening to Real Talk presented by Regions Bank. I'm your host, Lisa Graham. In this special podcast, recorded at Nashville Business Journal's Next Gen panel discussion before a live audience, Eleanor Kennedy interviews five bright leaders from Nashville's business community about managing up and down and owning your own leadership style. In part one, we'll meet these professionals and learn what they did to set themselves apart and take management positions early in their careers. Ben Goldberg is a Nashville restaurateur who launched Strategic Hospitality with his brother. Jennifer Hill is a quality strategy and administration manager for Nissan North America. Marcus Whitney is an entrepreneur and president of Briovation. Brad Smith is CEO of Aspire Health. And Megan Ganshaw is a branch manager for Regions Bank's Mill Creek location. These young business leaders inspire us with their drive and dedication to achieving and exceeding their goals. Helping you achieve your goals is something Regions Bank understands. Regions Next Step is a financial education program offering advice, tools, and guidance to help you accomplish your goals at every stage of your life. No matter your goals, Regions will help you with each step you want to take. Now let's hear from Nashville's young leaders at NextGen, brought to you by Regions Bank and the Nashville Business Journal. And thanks to everyone who's here and to our panelists. Um, by way of introduction, we're going to start by having each panelist tell us a little bit about how in their career they became a boss. So what was the moment that you first became a manager of people? And was that a job that someone gave you or that you created for yourself? Um, so I recently, uh, as of a year ago, became a branch manager for Regions. Um, I, would say I started at Regions at an entry-level banker position and worked my way up. Um, I think it was, it was handed to me, obviously, through hard work and um, showing that I was ready to manage people. And so I'm still newer to um, managing, but I've been in, a, in the position for about a year now. I opened a bar when I was 23 years old with a really good buddy of mine. And so uh, that is my ascension to being a boss was uh, hiring myself. Well, I started out as an engineer, and um, I never thought I would be in management when I first started. And I realized that I need to manage these people. They're going in the wrong direction, no. <laughs> no, but I realized that it's something that I really wanted to do, and I wanted to uh, benefit personally as well as help others around me. So in Nissan, I just you know, got on that track, and here I am today. Uh, so I had a mentor give me my first job when uh, we were starting an education nonprofit, and he ended up, Bill Frisch, chairing the board and uh, letting me run it, which was really fun. That was about 10 years ago. Uh, my first management position came by way of growth of a company. So I was um, the fifth employee at Emma Email Marketing, and I was a programmer there, and uh, the only one at the time. And eventually, the work got to be too much for me. Uh, and uh, I was introducing a lot of bugs, and so they said, we need a better coder in, and you can manage that person. Um, and so, uh, so I, that was my first management gig. Great. 
Um, well, particularly for those of you who were uh, promoted, so not Ben, who made himself the boss, uh, <laughs> what one thing would you point to um, that helped you land that promotion or that position? Megan? Um, getting involved in as many things as possible. Um, that's, if there's opportunities to volunteer with your company, volunteer. If there's opportunities to take on new, newer projects, take on newer projects. Um, I will say that one thing that I did, it's just one event that I think that made a huge difference for me, um, was I was working out at my workout facility in, um, in Nashville, and the president of Regions was there, and I um, had a moment of, okay, am I going to go introduce myself to him? I was nervous. I was like, he probably doesn't even know who I am, probably doesn't care. Um, but I did. I, I, I got up the courage, and I went and introduced myself to him two years later. He remembered the moment that I went up and introduced myself to him. So I think confidence and just getting in front of the right people makes a huge, huge difference in being able to get um, to where you want to in your career. Jennifer, what about you? Anything specific you'd point to? I would think um, not being afraid to challenge the status quo. So coming from a technical background, a lot of times it's, you know, you have a lot of introverts and they just kind of do what they're told. Uh, I decided not to take that route and I challenged a lot of people and it actually um, gained me a lot of visibility, I guess, and I was assigned to a lot of projects where things had been going, um, you know, we were pretty stagnant in certain areas and we needed growth. And so they said, hey, she's going to challenge it. She's going to figure out what's wrong and change it. And, you know, it was one assignment after the next. And next thing you know, you know, I was promoted. So great. For me, it was a little bit about taking a risk. So uh, I went to work for a nonprofit that hadn't really started yet. We had about maybe six months of funding when I started, so decided to leave sort of a full-time job to go do that. And then over time, it turned into a bigger organization. But I think it was really about being willing to take a risk to be able to have a chance in a leadership position. Yeah, it's pr pretty similar. Um, probably the other side of that coin would be behaving like an owner. So. Uh, when I first started working at, at Emma, I didn't have any ownership, um, but basically anything that they threw at me, I, I, would, I would do anything. So, I mean, I would write the code, I would answer customer calls, I would write marketing copy if I had to, and um, eventually that earned me a position as a, as a partner. Um, I think it was just undeniable that I had the passion to become an owner. On the flip side, are there mistakes that you made as an employee or that you've seen employees make that people should avoid if they want to get into a management position. Let's go back to Marcus. Yeah, I mean, I think I think misunderstanding what management is about. Um, you know, management is a it's just a higher level of service to, to the organization. You're responsible for the organization, um, the vision, the mission, the the core values, and you have to be a representative of that every single day. And then you're also responsible for the people that that report to you and making sure they have the resources they need to be successful. I think for me, it was sometimes maybe not listening enough. So uh, always thinking that you had a good idea, or you knew how to tackle a problem, and it turns out over time I've probably learned to listen a lot more than I did when I was a boss initially. So I think really listening and learning from the people that you're working with and working for you. I'm going to have to piggyback off of Brad as well. Um, listening is my number one thing uh, that I learned, and uh, it was hard for me at first because, you know, kind of being 
short. I have Napoleon complex and, uh, <laughs> you know, at times uh, I, I feel as though I always have to validate myself. So in order to validate myself and be my biggest cheerleader as well to also gain that visibility, I would be at the forefront, talk the most and say, hey, I've done this, I've done this, this is what we need to do. But I needed to step back and just listen and observe. And a lot of times you'll learn the most that you can possibly learn by listening and not just acting first. I would say um, a mistake that can be made, and I made it, is focusing on what I wanted to accomplish and what I wanted to get um, done versus on my team and really focusing on, because they will feed into my success and my success will feed into theirs. So really focusing on them will have its rewards instead of just focusing on what I want to accomplish and leaving others behind in the process. Ben, tell us about a huge idea that you had that when you were going to be in charge, this is how you're going to do things that totally failed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or didn't uh, work out the way you thought that it would. That's an everyday experience in my life. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I learn every day. I, I had no hopes, dreams, and aspirations of having as many restaurants or quote-unquote employees as we do now. It's been a very organic process for my brother and I. And so we sort of learn every single day what to do, what not to do, what resonates. Um, and I think that what I have found is the stuff that doesn't resonate isn't going to work. If I don't do a good job selling a vision on why it matters to me, to us, to the grand, typically it falls flat. And the stuff that I'm super jazzed about and really excited about, if I can articulate it in that way, it seems to go all right. And so I think that just being pot committed to my decision is something that that I've learned, and I've got millions of those that have failed um, along the way, but I, I have a lot of fun failing as well. <laughs> so my question is, uh, for a panel when they were working for other people and for all of y'all as well, uh, what's the best way that a boss has motivated you? What is the best thing that your manager can do um, to get you to produce at your highest level? What I would say uh, is the, the managers that I remember the most are the ones that actually took the time to get to know um, each of their team members individually. Um, I bring a lot of coaching into how I manage and every person's different. Some people prefer a certain type of coaching and some people prefer another type. And so if you just stick with one method and apply it to every single individual, it doesn't always um, work out. So the, the managers I remember are the ones that took the time to um, coach me the way that I best was coached. Um, and then for somebody else, it might be a completely different story, but they took the time to figure that out. Um, and that's what I took from a manager that uh, managed me. I think a lot of it's giving people leeway to run pretty far, but not so far they run off the edge of the cliff. So it's giving them a lot of flexibility to be able to really stretch their skills. Um, well, this is an event for young professionals, so I want to talk about age. Um, so first, for, for those of you, or how have you thought about your age in your career? Um, I think imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people deal with. Have you ever felt self-conscious, maybe managing someone who's older than you, or interviewing a candidate who's older than you, or working with a client, um, or just felt that you there's no way you could be qualified for this position because you're only 24, or however old you were at the time. Whoever wants to take I'll that. start. 
I'll say that initially um, when I got into management, I never thought about it. But to be very transparent, um, working at a, a large corporation, you have a lot of lifelong employees basically who started out when they were younger and they're planning to retire from this organization completely different from our generation you know, today. Uh, so with that, once I became a manager, I noticed some of the salaries. And I realized that, oh wow, you know, most of my direct reports make more than I make. So, and this was in, in my first year in management and that's something that I had to deal with and it actually put in my head the first time that, wow, you are younger, you know, than most of the people that work for you. So these are some things that I have to think about and, and be cognizant of. But other than that, I just kind of, you know, not worried about it. Like, I, I don't worry about it. I, um, I try to coach as much as I possibly can and remember that everyone has their own career goals and that we have to be flexible, you know, with our direct reports so we can get the best out of them. Yeah. Uh, the first branch that I managed, two of the associates were at least 15, 20 years older than me. And, um, <laughs> It was difficult at first. I felt um, being so much younger that I had to prove myself to them. Like I deserved this position. So I spent most of the time, the first couple months, going above and beyond just to work as hard as I possibly could to prove to them that I deserved to be their manager. Um, so I think I kind of let that get in my head a little bit, the age. Um, but once I sat down with them, had conversations and understood you know, what they wanted to accomplish and where they were in their career, I think um, we were on the same page, and it gave me the confidence to know that I am in the position I'm in because I've earned it, and um, I wouldn't be here if they didn't feel like I could manage um, all ages. I for sure have struggled with it. To, I mean, to be honest, I was, I was laughing in my office. There's a little blip of a quote that I have from the NBJ from when I was, I'm old now, when I was younger then, and it was like, you know, so what's the one thing you've learned? And it was like, I used to, because of my age, I used to let people push me around. And I was like 26 when I said that. I'm like, used to. I still let them push me around because I still, <laughs> I still go into meetings with certain people. I'm like, man, look at what they've accomplished. Like, look at what they've done. I'm flipping burgers and dropping fries for a living. And these guys are, and these women are, are, have accomplished so much. And so I used to try and overcompensate for a lot of that. And what I have learned is now I just want to work with the smartest people regardless. I want to hire and work with people that are way better at what they do than I am and allow them to do their thing. Um, but the answer is, in honest, yes. I, I have struggled with that, and I still struggle with that in certain regards. But at the end of the day, when I sort of start thinking about it, I just want to work with the best people regardless of age. We have some of the best people um, that I've ever worked with that are much younger than I am. And we have some that are much older than I am. And that, that is how I've grown, I think, over the past few years. Mm -hmm. Well, as an employee, I am not a manager. My manager's not here, so I can say whatever I want, I guess. <laughs> but um, how should I, what should I do to make my manager not think about my age? Um, how do I project that I, you know, I'm capable of whatever duties they want me to do, regardless of the fact that I just graduated a year ago. I did not. I'm not that young. But <laughs> were that the case? 
Brad, you want to yeah. take this one? Sure. I mean, I think some of our uh, younger employees and probably myself when I was doing it, I think the biggest thing is seeming over-eager sometimes and wanting maybe more responsibility or wanting to promote maybe before you're ready for it. And I think being realistic about where you are and just trying to do the best job you can every day. I think if you focus on doing a good job, the promotions and the things will come. If you focus on getting the promotions or getting more responsibility, sometimes it actually holds you back from getting it. So I think that's been a, a big a big lesson. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I would say the, the other side of that is um, showing too much of, um, of your feelings when you feel overwhelmed. Mm. Like that does not go over well, right? <laughs> because it's, it's usually, a, you know, um, no manager is going to think you can handle more if you show them that you're overwhelmed. And it's usually a sign that you're struggling with time management and prioritization, not that you're actually overwhelmed with the work. Um, so that's, that's something that I, I try to coach, um, you know, young, very, very talented people on uh, who are ambitious, take on a lot of stuff, but then uh, sort of lose their poker face. So what should they do if they are feeling overwhelmed? They can tell a friend, all right? Um, they can have a mentor outside of work, right? I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do to sort of get the feedback you need as opposed to going to your manager. He's not your friend to tell. <laughs> Does everybody agree with that? Does anybody feel differently? One thing I would say that, that um, I gravitate towards working with people that... Um, bring a solution to a problem. It is really easy to bring me a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have 12 note moleskin notebooks filled with problems. What I don't have are the solutions to those problems. If you bring a problem to me with an idea of a solution, I always gravitate towards that person, 100% of them. Even if the solution ends up being wrong, yeah. at least they thought about it. That is the person that I want to work with. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And I also like to see that autonomous nature in someone. So if they're given a project, it's like I know that they can handle this from beginning to end. So basically, like, don't tell me that you're overwhelmed, I guess. But um, overall, just knowing that I can trust you, you know, if I'm away, that you can take things off of my plate as well. I believe that's when I start to look at, you know, the people under me and just say, hey, yeah, they're, they have great leadership skills and they're someone that I can trust. But that autonomous nature is very, very important. So you don't really want to be micromanaged. Nobody wants to be micromanaged, right? Uh, but you got to prove that you don't need to be at this point. So. And that concludes part one of a special two-part podcast at Nashville Business Journal's Next Gen Panel presented by Real Talk with Regions Bank. Look for part two, where we will continue our discussion with these leaders and hear how they handled some of the challenges they encountered as they became managers, including evaluating candidates from Generation Z, the secret to a better work-life balance, and working with a board of directors for the first time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lisa Graham. Copyright 2018 Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Views presented are those of the individual speakers at a live event and may not be suitable for your individual situation.